Are you struggling in your faith? Are you pretending you're happy but stuck in a spiritual rut? Are you tired of listening to famous pastors and preachers who make it sound so easy? Welcome to Broken Catholic, the number one Protestant and Catholic voice in America. I talk about the important things that nobody else is talking about, like how to align with God's plan for your life, because I believe this is where 90% of Christians get stuck. And I tackle the negative self-talk that we all secretly struggle with but won't admit. My guests are brave Protestants and Catholics who share their struggles, their fears, and their daily holy habits that help them win in their spiritual lives. I'm your host, your coach, your friend, Joseph Warren. I'm also a broken Catholic and former atheist and a spiritual coach to Christian business owners and CEOs who are married with children. This show was created for you, the broken Catholic, who's pushing to get your spouse, your kids, and yourself to heaven. Wherever you are in your spiritual journey, you're just one surrender prayer away. Today, my featured guest is Daniel Burke. He's the president and COO of EWTN News. He's the co-host uh, with his wife of Divine Intimacy. He's president and founder of the Avila Institute for Spiritual Formation, an international speaker, author of the award-winning book, Navigating the Interior Life. We're going to speak about his new book coming out called Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits. And he's a frequent radio and television guest, retreat master, and founder of the award-winning site dedicated to authentic Catholic spirituality spiritualdirection.com. What a great URL, spiritualdirection.com. Dan lives in Birmingham, Alabama with his wife and his children. And you may remember him. I had him on this show, Broken Catholic, a while back. He's episode 232, uh, entitled Why Modern Buddhist Teachings Like Mindfulness Make You Feel Good, But Don't Move You an Ounce Closer to God. So if you want to go check him out on that, that's episode 232. Go back and check him out. But uh, we're bringing him on today, and we're going to speak about spirituality, specifically Catholic spirituality and Catholic spiritual direction, why it's necessary, why you and I need it. And if you're Protestant and you're listening to the show, and I know most of my, well, many of my audience is Protestant, don't be scared because we use the word Catholic. Remember, we're all Catholic. We all come from the same place, one church under Christ, right? So don't be scared. Just open your ears, have an openness, um, and we won't make this too painful, painful for you. But really, uh, you know, get what we're talking about today, um, why spiritual direction or spiritual coaching is so necessary for every Christian, Protestant or Catholic. So Daniel, welcome to uh, Brokey Catholic. Go ahead and fill in some of the gaps in that intro, would you? No, it's great to be back with you, Joseph. I, you know, you did a good job on the intro, so I'm, uh, why don't we jump into the topic? All right, let's get into it. Um, but before we do, I know I asked you this last time, but maybe something has shifted in your life. Uh, share something personal about you that very few people in your business life actually know. Oh, gosh, very few people. Well, you know, here's a negative one, I guess. Not a net. I, I mean, uh, you can pray for me. My health's been in decline. Mm. And that's caused me to, um, as, as normal, to reevaluate uh, where I am and listen a little bit more closely to the Lord. He's, he's, he's blessed me with, uh, well, St. Francis of Assisi called his body brother ass. And um, I totally get that. Yeah. 
And uh, so, so brother ass is acting up and, um, and it, but it's good for me. It's, it's humbling. It causes me to, uh, to uh, reassess, listen a little more closely. And, and uh, so I'm in that process now. So that's something that nobody knew until I told you or very few people anyway. Wow. And now all my listeners all over the world are going to know that. So thank you for being real and vulnerable. I always appreciate when a guest just gets human with us Mm -hmm. um, because that's really where we connect with each other is in our struggles, in our suffering. And I think that's why Jesus came to meet us in our struggles, in our sufferings, and then connect him to our heavenly father. So let's get into that Um, spiritual direction, right? So Broken Catholic, you can find Dan at spiritualdirection.com. We mentioned that, but we're going to speak about the Avila Institute. And you can find that at avila-institute.org, avila-institute.org. So I see here the mission on your website says the Avila Institute is to draw Christians worldwide into deeper union with Christ through mystic, I'm going to leave that word for you, mystagogically oriented spiritual education and formation. Dan, why do you use such fancy words and not break this down for the common uh, brother (laughs) ass like myself? Why do I use multisyllabic circumlocution? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Why are you trying to, to, to occur this way? So yeah. break that down simply for the average common Christian, okay. please. So mystagogy is something that's been uh, a, a, a thing since the beginning of the church. It's, it's what uh, the, um, oh gosh, aspirants to Christianity. So in the, in the first century, Someone said, I wanted to become a Christian. They would enter into mystagogy. What does that mean? It means that you're, you are welcoming them in, drawing them in through formation and participation in the church into the mysteries of Christ. Um, and the mysteries is a, is a phrase used uh, since, the, since the, the first century to uh, cap, encapsulate all of the sacraments and the sacramental reality of, of the church, the sacraments that Jesus established. So mystagogy is, in, is, we use it more broadly in the Avila Institute, is this idea of entering into the mystery of the relationship with God and how we do that. And, uh, and, and also in, in the Avila Institute, our focus is on the mystical tradition of the church. What is mysticism is another word somebody might ask and I, I the easiest way to answer it is it's it's the experiential reality of god it, it's not that complicated you know jesus in john 14 said that if if we live in this covenant i'm using I'm, I'm summarizing but if we live in this covenant of love that i will manifest myself to you i and the father will abide with you so he has these beautiful promises that if we um draw near to him uh, as james 4 7 says we resist the devil, draw near to him, he will draw near to us. And so the, there is a real relationship that we can have with God, with, with, with Jesus. Okay, and, thank you. And I, I get that now. You broke that down, right? So it's all about me being invited into the mystical body of Christ, yeah. right? That includes all the sacraments, traditions, etc. But it's also a drawing me, you know, into uh, abide, abiding ship, if that's a word, with Jesus himself, with the Father, with the Holy Spirit. Is that about exactly. right? Exactly. It's all about that relationship and how we enter into that more deeply. Okay. So now I'm going to ask um, a, a provocative question. 
Why can't I do that myself? Why do I need spiritual direction or another set of eyes? Why, why plenty of the saints back in the church, they, they went alone on some of this, um, or, uh, it's perceived they went alone, but maybe they did have a spiritual director we don't know about. So how would yeah. you take that on? It's a really important question. So there are t- I'll give you a biblical answer, and then I'll give you a, an answer out of tradition. The biblical answer is that there, there are no lone Catholics. There's, there's, if you read the New Testament, you will not find or no lone Christians, if you want to be more broad. Uh, if you read the New Testament uh, end to end, you will not find a single instance where anyone is getting holy or drawing near to God on their own. You know, St. Paul said, follow me as I follow Jesus. You know, so there's always this communal reality to the faith. Uh, Faith is always in the history of Christianity and in the New Testament, always mediated, meaning that, I mean, grace is always mediated in in meaning that, uh, and and even faith, you know, uh, just reminded me of the scripture that says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And, and, and Paul in Romans, uh, Romans 10 says, how would I know how to believe unless I heard? It's just somebody has to tell me. So uh, that's the, the scriptural reality. And then if you come to tradition, you look at the writings of St. Catherine of Siena and God the Father who spoke through her. He said something really, really important. And it's actually beautiful and also uh, frustrating at the same time, depending on where you're at. He said uh, through her, I have designed you in such a way, you and everyone, that you are insufficient in and of yourself to get to heaven. Mm. Meaning, you know, now I'm translating. What does that mean? That means I need you, Joseph, and you need me in order to know the way. There's something deficiently deficient in your design and in mine that we need each other in order to get to heaven. And that's the way God's designed it. Mm, that's so powerful. I often say on this show, Daniel, faith is not a solo sport, right? right. Your spiritual journey is not meant to be run alone. And if there you're no trying that, Christians. there's no what? No bootstrap Christians. Doesn't no work bootstrap Christians, right? This is a, uh, a passing of the baton, right? Leadership, I believe, simply is all it means is I go first or you go first. That's all leadership is, right? And, and I think you, you did it well biblically with the Apostle Paul says, hey, follow me. I'm yeah. going first. I'm taking the hits. I'm taking the arrows. This is what it looks like. I'm doing it. Now follow my example. And we're yeah. both going to get there together, right? Yeah. So why preach is it? it brother. Preach it, brother. Preach so, it, brother. <laughs> preach. For all our Protestant brothers and sisters out there, preach. All right. So why is it? Why can't I, I get there's the deficiency in me, but my ego tells me that I can do it on my own and it's been working just fine. I have, a, I have, a, that. I have an axiom for that. The human person has an infinite capacity for self-delusion. That's one. <clears throat> Three axioms I'll give you. The human person has an infinite capacity for self-delusion. That's one. Axiom number two is we always assess ourselves as we aspire to be, not as we actually are. <clears throat> number three is that we give ourselves credit for, in, for, uh, for good intentions, whether or not those intentions ever come to fruition. Those three realities exist in everyone with a pulse, and they keep us from seeing the truth about ourselves. When they, they, they are the cause of blind spots. And, you know, I don't know about you. Uh, now, with newer cars, this is not as big of an issue, but both of us are old enough to know when we had bulbs 
in our brake lights in our cars. And uh, how do you ever find out if your brake lights are out? You, 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 there's no way to know unless somebody tells you because you're driving and you, when you put your foot on, you can't be in the back to see it. So uh, we have uh, shortcomings, we have sin, we have whatever you want to call it. And uh, we need one another to see those things and help us to, to feedback. You know, I'll give you an example. My wife and I uh, were in, uh, we were driving to dinner the other night and she, she brought up some theological concept. Now my wife's pretty good, uh, pretty good with theology, even though she has very little formal training. And she said something that got under my skin. And so I began to sort of engage with her like I would with a theologian, you know, and it didn't work out so well. And she's very strong. <laughs> I could woman. have told you that. Dan. <laughs> right, right. She's, she's a very strong woman. And then she just at dinner gently said, listen, you know, you, you really, there's this part, side of you that's not gentle. And, mm. and I, you know, and you talked over me and, you know, and, and I, honestly I had no awareness in the moment that I was doing that and I needed her. So what I did is I asked her, I said, okay, she's right now at the shrine of our, of uh, our lady of Guadalupe in Mexico, along with 11 million other people celebrating the feast day that's coming up. But um, I asked her, you know, while you're gone, why don't you tell me three things I can put in my rule of life mm. that would be attributes that I could daily uh, examine myself against that would help me to never do that again to you and to be more gentle. And so that's a great example of, you know, my own brokenness, my own weakness, and, and my a loved one, instead of getting mad at me, by the way, and, and lashing back, gently said, hey, this is, this is a harmful way of communicating. And I, and I think that there's a better way. And, and, I, and, and then I ask, can you show me? And so she's, by God's grace, going to show me. But that, that's why we need one another. So I really like that example, Dan, because one, you let someone who you love so deeply, who knows you probably better than any other human on the planet, because you spend so much time with her, you invited her into coaching you or directing you in spirituality, right? Because there is a spiritual aspect to how you occur, especially when you're speaking God's truth. Yeah. If you do it in a way that's aggressive or diminishing the other, or making them wrong somehow, or less than, right? That's ego. Ego is yeah. going to show up in that. And that she did it gracefully, called you out on it. But then here's the, here's the key, BC Nation. Daniel did something that I think very few of us ever do. He gave the other person permission to teach him, to coach him on how he can do better so that he never does that again or treats him that way again. Imagine if you went to your spouse today and you said, hey, what are one, two, or three things that you think I could work on as a rule of life, as Daniel says, that where I could show up better in our relationship for you, in, in how I treat you, how I relate with you, how I communicate, how I listen to you. Man, if you just did that one thing, I suspect that your marriage would improve overnight. Oh, dramatically. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> and by the way, I have a remarkable marriage and my wife's very holy. So that makes it easy. You know, some people are unequally yoked and, and don't have, a, you know, don't have a, a close, you know, healthy enough relationship to do that. But by God's grace, I do. And what a gift, you know. All right. So let's speak about uh, spiritual direction, uh, direction specifically, right? So I 
go to your website. I'm interested. BC Nation, they, after the show, they click on uh, Avila, Avila. I've been saying it wrong the whole time, and you've yeah. been very grateful, uh, graceful about it. So avila-institute.org. They click on it. They go there. What's the first step? What do they do? And what does it look like to work with a spiritual director? Take well, away the fear. Yeah, I mean, listen, uh, spiritual direction is just nothing more than three, three persons who gather together. You, uh, someone who, who's just a, a step or a mile ahead of you, doesn't matter, and the Holy Spirit. And the, the purpose of the spiritual direction relationship is to, that the, the, the human uh, part of the, the other human besides you is to help you to accurately understand yourself and to uh, discern the will of God. It's not a, uh, a scary thing. It is an intimate thing. And some people are afraid of that. But, uh, I, you know, I think most of the help for folks in understanding the, the spiritual direction relationship is going to be found at spiritualdirection.com. But we do actually have a school where we train spiritual directors at the Avila Institute. But regardless of, you know, how you enter into that reality, um, you know, one of the things you might do, and you mentioned this at the beginning, Joseph, is uh, read Navigating the Interior Life, Spiritual Direction and the Journey to God, which um, has been a very, uh, I mean, uh, it's really unfortunate, but I, it won the best Catholic book when I wrote it, and it beat out a book written by Pope Benedict, and his book, Infancy Narratives, is way better than this one. But it, I think the reason it, it won and why it sold so well and it continues to sell well is because people are hungering to break out of patterns that are destructive in their lives. And frankly, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know of any significant pattern someone can break out of, whether it's porn or, you know, you know, destructive behavioral issues or, or substance abuse or anything that's big that you, you, you can't do it alone, folks. And you need someone else to help you to, uh, to make progress. But I think it's also... You know, Pope Benedict said in the beginning of the book, he said, who is spiritual direction for? Uh, basically, if I could summarize it, I always do this to crowds. It's funny. They always think it's funny. I say, raise your hand, you know, put your two fingers this far apart and, uh, and put it on your wrist like this. Okay, if you have a pulse, then you need a spiritual director because you just can't, you can't make it without that outside perspective. So we don't, <coughs> excuse me, we don't provide directors. Uh, we, we, we do train them. Uh, and then on spiritualdirection.com, we give you a lot of insight, uh, uh, how to engage, how to find one, all of that. But I tell you, I promise you, if you do, if you pursue something like this, it'll be life-changing for you. It'll be, uh, and, it, and it really is, Joseph, you, you mentioned something, I'll shut up here in a second, but you mentioned something at the beginning that's important. And, and that is, it, it's, I don't know of a single saint, you know. Uh, who didn't have somebody who helped them uh, spiritually. So, you know, St. John Paul II had a, a, a tailor named Jan Tiranowski, who a tailor, okay, who helped him to come to know the deeper spiritual life. Um, there's so many examples I could cite, but, you know, you, all, grace, all grace is mediated. And, and if you're going to make spiritual progress, and even progress in life, you, you need someone, you need someone outside of you to look at you and help you to see, you know, where your deficiencies are and what you can do about them. I very much like the example you just used of Pope John Paul II, um, that his spiritual director who helped him grow in his interior life was not certified. 
Yeah. He didn't have a degree. <laughs> right. uh, he wasn't trained formally in spiritual direction, yeah. but yet he was able to pour into another soul deeper insights, deeper truth that, you know, um, that grew them in their relationship with Christ himself. So that kind of answers my next question. And, and my next question is a little, little provocative, but do I need to go through spiritual training or directing school yeah. before I can assist another soul um, in drawing closer to God or Am I already equipped just through my own challenges, struggles, um, and, and, and hurts and wounds that I've allowed God into my heart to heal? And as you said, maybe I am one exit past another right. soul, and I now can reach my hand back and say, hey, I, I was where you are. Yeah, I, I, I know what it looks like, and I know the way out. Let's do it together. That's an important, really important question, Joseph. Uh, the answer is simple. By virtue of your baptism, by virtue of your, your, your uh, claiming Christ, you have been given a commission. And it was commissioned by Jesus himself, which said, go therefore to all the world, uh, baptize them and make disciples, right? In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So there's, there's several levels. One is everyone is called to make disciples. What does that mean? Uh, everyone is called to help others to Jesus, to God, and to grow in their faith. Um, there's So uh, one of the things we're working on with the Avila Institute, and, and this will roll out in the next year or two, is we're going to create a, <clears throat> so we have a direct, we have a graduate studies in spiritual theology, right? We have a school of spiritual formation, which is for anyone with a pulse who's got, uh, who, who's more busy, but really wants to grow spiritually. Uh, we have the spiritual direction school that has uh, the spiritual direction certificate, which is more like that graduate level. What we're going to do is create what we would call a spiritual mentorship program, which is aimed at helping people understand how to be an effective mentor. Now, do you have to go to a class to be an effective mentor? No. Uh, can it be helpful? Yes. But you, but what you said is, and I, and I do teach this because I teach the, the spiritual direction course, three of the courses is that everyone's called, and if you're a step ahead the, uh, of the other person, so if you already have a daily a practice of mental prayer and you've been doing it for a year, listen, uh, and if you don't know how to teach it, get my book into the deep and you'll know how to teach it, you know? Um, but if you typically, if you already do it, you, you could probably teach it. Uh, the second uh, chapter, Second uh, Corinthians, the, or this is the first chapter of Second Corinthians says, that we are comforted. We are comforted with the comfort with which we comfort others, um, meaning that God heals us, comforts us, leads us, and we're supposed to give that away to other people. Uh, so everyone's called to help others along the way, and you don't need formal training to do it. Though formal training can be incredibly helpful, and uh, uh, you know to give us a broader perspective on different aspects of how to help a person depending on, you know, like how do you help a person get free of pornography? That's very different than how do you help someone, you know, be nicer to their wife or how do you help someone pray? And, and so um, it just depends on who you are and, and how much help you need to be a good helper. But you know, you don't have to have a certification to follow what Jesus said. And that is go make disciples. All right. So thank you for clearing that up for us, because I think that's, that's a question that kind of, 
is present for some of us. Yeah. Now I have two other questions and we may uh, run a little short on time. So if you're game, um, I'm fine going over a little bit sure. because I think this is a very relevant uh, topic that we're discussing and there's a lot of confusion in this, this space, right? So it keeps a lot of people from growing deeper in their interior life because there's skepticism and all these other feelings around that. So right. first question, interior life, um, I think is, is very, very important. And first I'm going to say a statement, then I'll, I'll frame it into a question. So I have seen so many, um, spiritual uh, woo-woo people on the West Coast, uh, not to pick on anybody, but uh, non-Christian, but just very spiritual. Well, I'm not religious, I'm spiritual, right? That's their famous line. Um, and they are in the business, they have coaching practices where they get paid money from clients to help them grow spiritually. What I have seen constantly with 80 to 90% of them is that when they go up to the mic or whatever, and they share something personal about themselves, something real or vulnerable. They start breaking down crying because they haven't gone in and done the healing on themselves first, but they're in the business of helping other people heal. Right. And, and this is what I see that's missing is there's our ego wants to go and help other people and disciple other people before we allow God to disciple us. Right. to go in and heal all the wounds from our past, our hurts, et cetera. So my first question is, well, what shows up for you in that, right? Because that's, that's kind of broad and you could take it anywhere. But what shows up for you in that? Is it enough for me to just have the desire to help people, but without going and doing the inner work on myself and allowing God to, to heal all of that? That's my question. So, you know, I do address this in my course on Introduction to Spiritual Direction. Um, it's back to the analogy we gave a minute ago, uh, and that is, are, you know, are you a step ahead? But the issue is you got to know what that, what, what's your trajectory, right? So if, if, you, if you've been baptized and you've, just, and you've, you know, in the last few months had a conversion, you know, we, we do pilgrimages every year and there's always people, we had an atheist convert and uh, my daughter went through a total, you know, kind of transformation, this last one to France. Um, and uh, so when you've had a conversion like that, you wake up to this reality of relationship to God in a more deep way. And typically then you begin to make changes in your life and move more aggressively toward him. Now, as, as we've noted, if you're ahead of someone else, you can in that moment, just through testimony, by the way, that's the most basic way is to say to someone, I've, I've become aware of my sin. I know that Jesus is the way. Would you like to come with me? So they can do that. But they're going to be much more powerful. And, and Teresa of Avila, John of the Cross, who are doctors of the church, great spiritual masters in, in, the, in the church, do speak of this reality that you need to be careful how you position yourself in that helping world that you're not doing it too soon and that you, you, need to, you need to really go more deeply into the reality of your faith before you become a teacher. Now, they, they talk about this teaching, this positioning of I'm in front, I'm telling you what to do, I'm, I'm you know, leading you. That's different than 
hey, let's get together and read a book together and talk about it in the coffee shop every week, which anyone can do who's, who's had any kind of conversion. I think but you really cleared that up. That's, that's super helpful. Um, you know, I look at my own coaching practice, uh, you know, and I've had to self-check many times and I have a spiritual coach that coaches me, right? So that it, that's evidence that I believe in my own profession. I have blind spots, right? I could easily be taken down a wrong path and, and mislead other people. So I always have that self-check, right? But this is what I've seen is very, very, very important, Daniel, is that, um, a person, and this is for you, BC Nation, you should not be in the position, as Daniel said, of leading others closer to Christ in a teaching type of platform if you do not have an active interior life of your own. Yeah. Meaning, specifically, if you are not spending quiet time listening to your heavenly father, listening to Jesus, to the Holy Spirit, as we started the show, abiding in him and him abiding in you. And you're being filled up with the wisdom and truth of God's kingdom so that you can now become a spiritual reservoir for others. If you're not getting poured into, you have no business pouring into others because eventually the enemy will trick you and you'll run out of your own. And you'll go through this spiritual dryness, not the typical spiritual dryness, but a spiritual emptiness. You'll be running on spiritual fumes, so to speak. Right. And you'll lose your own soul in the process of helping others grow closer to God. Daniel, what shows up for you in that specifically? Yeah, I mean, that's exactly right. There's a great book written about that called Soul of the Apostolate by a man named Dom Shutard. And in that book, he basically, he, he, he expands fully, much more fully on what we see in the gospel passage of, uh, in Luke, where Jesus comes to the house of Mary and Martha and Bethany. And Martha is running around doing all kinds of things and trying to serve him. And, uh, and Mary, though, goes and sits at Jesus' feet. And, and, Jesus, and then Martha gets irritated with Mary and goes to Jesus and says, hey, you know, tell her to get off her rear end and help me. Uh, and this is my translation. And, uh, and Jesus says, uh, sorry, you're the one who's the problem. Um, you know, and you're worried and troubled about many things. Mary has chosen the better part. I'm not taking that away from her. Uh, so the point being, it's actually unum est necessarium, which is one thing is necessary. Um, Jesus said that, that phrase, um, that's what Mary chose, which is to sit at the feet of Jesus is, the, is first and foremost. Uh, that's the motto of my life, unum est necessarium. It's the motto of a community that I belong to. Um, because we realize that before we have to be on our knees before God, before we rise and serve others um, in God. And if we're not on our knees before him, uh, then we don't, we will, as you noted, we will not be filled up with what is necessary to give away. And uh, it's, it's vital. And if it, you know, if, if I'll say another thing about something you said, that's really important. I would never in, in, in a million years go see a spiritual director, coach or whatever, who didn't have one themselves. That's an absolute travesty because you what you then have is an egomaniac. Um, is who you're dealing with if somebody doesn't have somebody else they're seeking help from because we just nobody is an island nobody uh, with a pulse 
uh, can 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 grow spiritually or help others unless they're getting help themselves. I agree completely. And, you know, BC Nation, I would even uh, challenge uh, you to challenge. If you're considering spiritual uh, directing and you're a spirit coach or director yourself, just as Dan and I both noted, that's the first question. If their answer is, well, not at this time, do not hire them because they don't believe in their own profession, period, mm-hmm. end of sentence. The second question I would ask them is, how much quiet time do you spend daily with Jesus? Can I tell you a story about that? Of course. So I, uh, just for fun, um, I, I probably shouldn't have, I mean, I wasn't mean or anything, but it was, it was a little bit of poking some fun. But I, I just decided to go on Google and and do search for find a spiritual director. And so I found this Protestant guy, really nice guy. And I called him up. I said, Hey, can we talk? And he said, yeah. So he's, but he's putting himself out as a spiritual director. And I said, so how much time do you spend in prayer every day? And he said, well, I'm just working that out, still working that out. And I'm (laughs) going, okay, dude. So what is it that you're leading people to? I'll give you one other example. That's, that's vital, right? So uh, somebody read my book and said they're going to go to a contemplative outreach meeting and find a spiritual director. I said, it's not going to go well. I said, but you can you just tell me what happened. Let me know what, I, you know, follow up with me. But I said, it's not going to go well. Because I just know that group and kind of how, who, who frequents it and that sort of thing. So she comes back and she said, she was amazed. She said, this guy said he would give me spiritual direction, you know. And I started asking him about his life. And I found out that he's living in habitual mortal sin. And she said to him, how can you help me grow if you're living in habitual mortal sin? And the guy said, well, we're not going to talk about my sin. So you have somebody who's, who's essentially going to hell, who's in, a, who's in a profound way saying no to God in his life, and he's going to help a person to heaven. So he's heading the wrong way, and he's going to help somebody the right way. So mm-hmm. not only do you have to uh, have somebody who's, who's committed to prayer, but also to, to the life of virtue and the life of imitating Christ and saying yes to God. Um, mm. Find somebody like that and you've got, you've got gold. That's, that's so valuable. And, and BC Nation, uh, you know, Dan brings up a very important point, right? Sin, especially habitual sin, is simply saying my will, not thy will. Yeah, in right. your life. That's simply all it is, right? We're not making up fire and brimstone and all this other stuff. It's, it's simply a rejection of God's will consuming your life. Rather, right. you let your will, your ego consume or your narcissism take over, right? And you right. worshiping self. That is in itself a rejection of God. And yes, there will be eternal consequences if you don't turn that around real quick and lean into God's mercy. Yeah. Never put yourself... Never put yourself in a position, I think this is a lesson of some of these fun stories, never put yourself in a a position of spiritual leadership to others if you're not actively uh, allowing God to lead your soul. And And that looks like time with him. This isn't just a Catholic thing. I mean, it's the the Catholic Bible, by the way, which is the only Bible, but the, uh, in the epistles of John, you know, he clearly says, if you're living in habitual sin, you are of the devil. And I, and I know that sounds harsh. I didn't make that up. I didn't write that. Just go read it. You can see it in the, in the epistles of John, meaning that you're giving yourself, you're saying, when you say no to God, you're saying yes to the devil. And it means that he has control over you. 
and because you're you're making yourself a slave to him and a slave to the things that he proposes you can't help anybody in that case you need to get your you know you need to fight like heaven to get the hell out of you at that point and get somebody who can help you um uh get free i remember um one of my other guests you probably know him john pridmore uh, he's a Catholic evangelist worldwide for the past 25 years. And, and I said, John, I want to do what you do. I want to do parish missions. I love speaking. I really think that's what God's put in me, right? And I want to lead souls closer to God. I said, can you kind of mentor me? Um, can I travel with you for a month or something like that, right? And see just how you do it. And he goes, absolutely not. And I was so deeply offended. And I was like, <laughs> why? Why not? He goes, because you have habitual sin in your life. You need to go clean that up and handle that. The last wow. thing the church needs is another fallen shepherd. Wow. Well, and I'm not going to play any part in that. And I was just like, wow. I got spiritually slapped by him. But that's what a gift though. What a gift. And, and I was like, what do you mean? He goes, Joseph, before I ever get up and speak to lead a soul or souls closer to Christ, if it's a one-hour talk, I spend two hours in front of the Eucharist hmm. in silence with Jesus himself wow. to prepare myself spiritually for the attacks of the enemy who's yeah. going to try and mislead me to mislead souls. Right. He goes, that's a prerequisite. If my talk is two hours, I spend three to four hours with hmm. God in silence. Love that. And he's like, one, you're not doing that. Two, you got some stuff in your life, man. You need to go handle real fast, Good right? And until you do that, no, my answer is no. And I was, I, I really, that, that hurt humanly. But then after I went through God's grace and I was led through some others who spiritually led me, I was able to remove some of that addiction and well, all that addiction, praise God, from my life. And, and then I could see with eyes wide open what John saw yeah. and how detrimental that would have been, not just to my soul, but to other souls. Yeah. And it was, it was critical that I removed that. So I hope that story somehow lands for UBC Nation. We're speaking with Daniel Burke. Uh, you can find him at, at avala-institute.org, avila-institute.org. We're speaking about um, spiritual direction, why it's so critical, whether you're Protestant or Catholic, if you want to grow in holiness, if you're at that place in your life where you feel spiritual dryness and you don't know why, and you really want to take it to that next level, it looks like putting in time with God. Yeah, It really does. So find someone who's already doing it in their life and they could get you one step closer to him. Uh, Dan, Dan has a new book coming out called Spiritual Warfare and the Discernment of Spirits. Dan, yep. why should my listener read that? Uh, because we're everybody with a pulse is also in a daily battle with the enemy. And uh, he's seeking always to manipulate us, to draw us to doubt, despair, and narcissism rather than faith, hope, and love. And if folks want to get a, uh, an advanced copy, they can go to spiritualdirection.com forward slash book, which is really easy. You make a donation there. That donation goes toward helping young men who are entering into seminary. And 100% of it goes there. And then you get the book when it comes out in January, or you can get, you know, buy the book anywhere you want. It's already listed on Amazon and get it at sophiainstitute.com, whatever. But uh, it'll, it'll, it'll change your life, I have no doubt, because it's uh, already changed so many. The, the teachings in the book have changed so many lives uh, and set so many captives free. So check it out. 
BC Nation, what a great deal Daniel is offering to you right now, my listener for a Broken Catholic uh, podcast. Now, two things you're going to get out of that, right? The first thing is you get to grow in your own spirituality, right? And get the, the shields and, and get the weapons for your faith because I believe most Christians mm-hmm. just don't know how to win. Yeah. So they give up. They tap out. They're like, why even try? So they get really uh, apathetic um, and sometimes complacent uh, as well. Like, you know what? Look what I did. I got to this level. I'm plateaued. Look at me. I'm good. And they stop trying and the enemy just comes in and attacks. So that's the first thing you get to grow um, through the book in your own spirituality. The second thing is that donation goes to the future of the church. That's right. Right. So you get to contribute to the future leadership of our church and how desperately we need good, holy leadership in our church today. So Daniel's up to that. Daniel, um, give me three steps uh, that BC Nation could take right now, um, this week, today, uh, in in growing in their spiritual walk around spiritual direction, right? What are three steps, action, practical, they can do when they, uh, you know, uh, finish this show? Listen. Yeah, I mean... um... One is, uh, I would say, begin a practice of daily mental prayer. And that, and if all you do is just start reading the Gospels every day for 10 minutes, that's, that's a good start. The second, I would say, do uh, take up and examine prayer every day. Become a, more awake to sin and, and grace in your life. And at the end of every day, begin to examine your day and, and praise God for where he's given you the grace to be holy and Thank him where he's revealed to you sin that needs to be repented of. That's two. And three, I would pick up, I'd go to spiritualdirection.com and start learning about spiritual direction and reading about it and, and begin to start your own search to find someone that can help you to grow spiritually. I think if you do those three things, uh, you're, the 2020 is going to be a year that uh, like no other for you. Amen to that. I agree completely, BC Nation. Somehow, through God's grace, I did those three things last year. And guess what happened? My life turned around. (laughs) Guess what happened? The two years of praying for the woman of my dreams so I could get married and start a family, guess what God gave me? The woman of my dreams. I got married June 29th. That's awesome. We have a baby on the way. We do March 20th. Praise God. My business got acquired. Mm -hmm. I started a spiritual coaching business. Now I'm doing something I absolutely love. All of this is from God. These were the gifts he had for me, but I had to go in and do the work. The work looked like spending time with him so that he could fill me up so I could help others. All right, Daniel. uh, Again, we're speaking with Daniel Burke. Uh, You can find him at avila-institute.org. Daniel, let's go into the confession round, my favorite part of the show. Let's wrap this up. This was a great conversation. I really appreciate it. So I'm going to ask you 10 to 11 quick fire questions. You have three seconds to answer each just for fun. Don't overthink it. You ready, sir? Yep. All right. What's your favorite thing about God? Oh, mercy. Mercy, mercy, mercy. What's your least favorite thing about God? Mm. (laughs) Justice. (laughs) (laughs) Justice. Man, they go hand in hand, don't they? What are you most afraid of? My own capacity for sin. Yes. What did you spend way too much time doing in your 20s? Oh, consuming media, uh, audio, visual that did not help me to God. Yeah. What secret fear do you have about people? Um, 
I don't like to be misunderstood when I'm uh, attempting to help. <laughs> yeah, I share that one. And if you could be as real as possible, as transparent as possible, vulnerable even, as humans, we all struggle with something. What are you struggling with right now, whether professionally or personally? What are you struggling oh, yeah. with? It's what we opened with. Health is a big one. Um, my root sin is pride. So that's, that's pretty constant. So those two things are my big battles at the moment. Mm, thank you for sharing that. What do you wish you had learned sooner about God? Mm, wow, that's a good question. I think how, how deeply uh, he loves me and loves us is, is what I wish I'd learned sooner. Yeah. What, what's a new habit you want to form? A new habit I want to form. I want to be like Fred Rogers. I want to be gentle. <laughs> that was a good movie, by the way. Uh, what's a bad habit? What's a bad habit you want to break? Uh, talking over people. Mm. Well, your wife just gave you the tools, didn't she? There you go. <laughs> go, go, go. Pick three words to describe who you are now. Mm. Passionate, free, and um, wow, gosh, hopeful. Mm. Pick three words to describe who you were before you surrendered your heart and life to God. Oh, gosh. Suicidal, um, lost, and in excruciating pain. Suicidal, lost, and in excruciating pain, BC Nation. If any of those you resonate with, go check out Daniel. And last question, Daniel. Um, if you could come back to life after you died, look your family and friends in the eye, give them only one piece of advice, what would you say to them now? Um, hell is real and heaven is real and there's nothing in life worth anything except following Jesus. Amen to that. I was just thinking hell is real, heaven is real, heaven is better. Right. Go there. <laughs> Simple, yeah. Simple, right? Yeah. Um, Daniel, any final wisdom? What's the one thing you want my listener to know about having a relationship with God or growing in relationship with God versus not? You know, I would just say go to spiritualdirection.com. We have an endless well of resources. We can help you from the moment uh, you, you get up to the day you die uh, in spiritual formation. It's, it's, it's almost limitless well of beauty and grace that you can learn uh, from the mystical tradition of the church. So uh, go there, dig in, and uh, you'll never be sorry. Mm, fantastic. So uh, what's the best way um, for BC Nation to get in touch with you personally, if yeah, they so choose? Yeah, spiritualdirection.com is the best way. And there's Same. always, okay. there's always uh, Avila Dash Institute. There's ways to, to find me out there. Facebook, I'm, out, I'm on Facebook. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. And BC Nation, um, if you're interested, uh, as you know, I've highlighted in the show, I also do spiritual coaching. If you resonate with my personality and you want a good kick in the brother ass, that's <laughs> what I do. It's what the God has gifted me with. Um, but please go to spiritualdirection.com. Learn about it first. Really understand what you're getting into, what you're signing up for. But if you want to win in the areas of your life right now that maybe aren't working, this is what Dan and I are up to. It's helping you win in those areas and grow closer to God. And he's the secret answer. You need him, period. He does the healing. We do nothing. We just give you the access to him in a closer, deeper, 
relationship so that he can heal and restore all those broken relationships and wounds that you've picked up over a lifetime. We all have them. The, the, the real question is, are you ready? Are you ready to surrender to the only one who can actually help you heal those areas? That's Amen. the question. So I'd leave you with that. Daniel, thank you for being on Broken Catholic again, my friend. I wish you God's love, peace, and joy in your life. You too, Joseph. God bless. God bless. Cheers. BC Nation, you cannot show up authentically in your life without building faith in your business. If you want the business side of that conversation, I have another podcast called First 100K, where I interview successful entrepreneurs about how they made their first $100,000, because that's where I believe 90% of you are stuck and you can't break through. Go to first100k.com to find out how. I'm Joseph Warren. You were made for greatness. So stop being a wuss and start being a winner. Have a blessed day and I'll see you right back here next week.